What's going on guys? Grant Pushkar here, joined by my co-director, Victor Williams. Are you looking to bring more attention to your sports content? Over at Overtime Heroics, you can be a part of a growing sports community such as podcasts like my own, Cleveland Surge, and my own Philly Special Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to share your sports opinions, they also have an active forum for all sports topics. So if you want your sports content to be heard amongst other sports fans, go over to Overtime Heroics forward slash forums and make your first hot take today. going on everybody thank you for joining me on this episode of the woman podcast whether you listening to me on the anchor app which i record all my episodes on also available on spotify apple google play breaker pocket cast uh, posting some videos on youtube also available at the uh, pwf the pro wrestling federation go check those guys out and by those guys that includes me um uh, 24-7 live feed of all wrestling podcasts that are in the Pod Wrestling Federation. And I am one of them. So hop in there on the YouTube channel. Um, it should be up, if not tonight, then tomorrow. Um, up on the YouTubes. Me and a few other podcasts, all wrestling podcasts are part of it so um, go check it out when it's up and you're guaranteed to hear some great and awesome wrestling content even if it's not my awesome wrestling podcast you'll still hear another one because they all are very good that um, have joined me in the podcast wrestling federation the PWF doing a little wine and wheelhouse today also gonna have a guest on later uh, friend of the show my colleague my uh, boy Tom Scully, at Tom Scully on Twitter, is going to join us. We're going to do a little fantasy booking, a little um, how we would book the go-home shows coming up on Monday and Tuesday, the Raw and SmackDown show headed into the biggest party of the summer, the biggest fight of the summer, the biggest event of the summer, whatever the fuck you call it, SummerSlam, baby. Yes, sir. And we're going to have a lot of... Um, previews and um, fantasy bookings and post shows and um, it's going to be a busy week here at least for me and across the whole wrestling community it's going to be a busy week um, not only with SummerSlam but of course with the uh, NXT Toronto TakeOver which everybody is also psyched up for so it's going to be a busy week might be dropping some more episodes than usual might do two might do three might do four this week I might do one every fucking day I'm talking wrestling and I love talking wrestling and this is one of the best times of the year SummerSlam weekend Wrestlemania re weekend Royal Rumble weekend uh, Survivor Series you know these are this is a uh, really the, really the first one in my opinion it's the first one of the big four because after Wrestlemania you know the, the new year starts for wrestling so we go through May we go through June we drag through July and now here we are about to be in the middle of August ready to kick off SummerSlam and then after SummerSlam goes I said this the other day once SummerSlam hits boom we are downhill fucking rolling baby into Survivor Series and then Survivor Series in November and then boom you turn it on right in January we're at the Royal Rumble so um, we'll be there before you know it another five months we'll be we'll be counting those numbers down and the clock for the Royal Rumble just um, super excited for this week like I said gonna have at least two guests on, possibly three, possibly four, um, post shows, prediction shows, fantasy booking shows, and the one we have coming up later, the, the uh, Raw and SmackDown fantasy booking with uh, my friend Tom Scully on Twitter, um, fellow wrestling podcaster. But today, like I mentioned, we are going to start off with the Wyman Wheelhouse and um, I got some really good questions this week. I only got about four or five or six, somewhere around there. But I got a lot of good ones. A lot of, um, on the topic of fantasy booking, actually a lot of fantasy booking questions. And um, the first one goes home from the Go Home Wrestling Show. This is like the, uh, basically the creator of the Podcast Wrestling Federation, which I always do appreciate. Um, always send my love his way. 
and he says, my question for you today is if you started your own wrestling promotion and wanted to build a strong tag team division, who are the first five teams you would build that division around? Um, I actually thought about this. I spit three out right off the top of my head. Um, I went Revival, Dash and Dawson. I went um, Street Profits, the current NXT Tag Team Champions. I think um, Angelo Dawkins is good. I think Montez Ford is a fucking star. Um, but they're both, you know, they both could talk. They both could wrestle. But I think Montez Ford is the star. And if they ever break that team up, uh, Montez Ford could be a WWE Champion one day. Um, what was the third one? Undisputed Era. That being Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, I don't consider Adam Cole, you know, in the tag team. I don't consider Roderick Strong in the tag team since they're the two always fighting for the, um, you know, singles belts or singles competition. It's usually Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. So that would be my third team. And then my next two teams are two teams that, well, one team's not on TV and the other team's not even together anymore. But I still consider them a team because they're freaking awesome. The first one that's not on TV um, is AOP. Um, I can't. Hakeem and Razor. Razor. I'm not really sure how you say their names, but they're just two badass dudes. They're over. Um, they've been, believe it or not, I believe um, you know they have been Raw Tag Team Champions already. I know it was like a little short run. They obviously. Had a huge run in NXT, um, dominating NXT. I think they've actually won the NXT tag belts twice, if I'm not mistaken. So they definitely had their time to shine in NXT. Unfortunately, they're not on TV. So if I'm starting my own uh, brand or my own tag division, I'm definitely stealing AOP away from the WWE since they seem to not have anything for them. Um, and the fifth and final team is American Alpha. Chad Gable, Jason Jordan, that's right. Um, I'm going American Alpha, throwing it back a little bit. Um, Ready, Willing, and Gable. These guys were fucking awesome. I also believe these guys were SmackDown Live tag champs. Like when SmackDown Live first started, I want to say. So, um, and again, these, this is another team that had a huge run in NXT. Both could wrestle their ass off. Both could uh, use a little mic work. I think they're both kind of awkward, but they're also both very fucking young. So, um, and the same thing goes with AOP. AOP needs a mouthpiece. Maybe that's why they're not on TV, because ever since they got rid of Paul Ellinger, they kind of um, seem to fade off the TV. So maybe they just don't have a mouthpiece, and they're, they don't want to put them on TV. I don't know. But I think American Alpha doesn't. American Alpha doesn't need a mouthpiece. I think they just need work on their promos. Chad Gable was getting pretty good when he was doing the stuff with Bobby Roode. Um, you know, he wasn't he wasn't talking you into your seat, but he wasn't also stuttering over his words and horrible on the mic. Um, Jason Jordan was a little awkward when they did that whole Kurt Angle, but that was just an awkward angle. What he, he did him with uh, being the son of Kurt Angle and then fighting Roman. And, you know, I think they kind of shoved Jason Jordan to that spot and he just wasn't ready for it. Um, so I would definitely be, so, um, five teams to start my own, um, what you call it, promotion, I'm going Revival, uh, Street Profits, Undisputed Era, uh, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, AOP, Authors of Pain, and American Alpha, that's my five, and I think if you put any other five teams up against me, you're gonna lose, cause those are arguably the five best tag teams in the world i know you guys want to say usos and the new day and uh the fucking guys from new japan i always forget the names the guys in the damn bullet club they were the ring of honor tag champ i think they just lost their titles actually they used to be the ring of honor tag champions and they're great i just really don't know them that much i mean i watched new japan but i don't really know the guys personally that much um so i would have to stick with the WWE guys that I know for sure can go and for can wrestle and how they talk and all that stuff and uh, shit I think I got the best tag team division you could uh, I don't think you could top it I don't think anybody can what we got next what we got next Aussie Lucian blogs and podcasts another friend of the show 
the um, at Aussilution, A-U-S-S-I-E-L-U-T-I-O-N. Oof, Aussilution, Australian. Australian wrestling pod, I love it. Um, when Sammy Callahan... When Sammy Callahan cut a promo on his match with Tessa Blanchard, he stated that it wasn't intergender wrestling, it was just pro wrestling. What's your take on this rivalry and what it's doing for the future of the industry? I love this shit. This is old school stuff. You've seen Mae Young get powerbombed through a table by Bubba Ray. You've seen uh, something at what? Oh, um, Austin stunning Stacy Keebler. I think Stacy Keebler did another bump somewhere too. Oh, Stacy Keebler took a powerbomb through a table too, I believe, by Bubba. Um, you know, you've just seen it over the years. Obviously, that was back in, you know, 2000, 2002, whatever it was. You don't see it a lot now these days, but I like it. I thought WWE should have pushed this envelope first. Um, I think I talked about this before, but I thought when the Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano rivalry, rivalry was really heating up, I would have had Tommaso Ciampa do something to Candice LeRae. Not only because, um, you know, not just to make waves, but first of all, Candlesbury could take it just like, uh, you know, the girl here, Tessa Blanchard, she obviously could take bumps and she could take it, so they're doing it with her, which I know Candlesbury would be able to take it. Tommaso Ciampa's not a bit, you know, it's not Braun Strowman slamming her. Um, you know, Tommaso Ciampa's not a huge, overwhelming guy. I wanted to see him do something, um to Candice, not only that, just to get more heat and to get Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano more over, but I don't think, you know, I don't think they could get more over than they can. Candice might need a little help, but they're working on her right now with Elo Shirai, but I think if you had Tommaso Ciampa do something and, um, you know, have Candice LeRae walk around with a neck brace on for like a month or two, and that would have got so much more heat on Tommaso, and it would have really got Candice LeRae over with the fans. And of course Johnny Gargano, but I don't think there ain't no there ain't no more uh getting Johnny Gargano over. I think he's just he's over and fucking beyond that guy. But um the as as far the go as far as the future in the industry goes, I'll see Lucian. Um I still don't think you're not gonna see a lot in WWE, especially if they're saying uh, TV, PG. You know, they got this new Fox deal. I'm not sure they want to push those kind of buttons. Um, but, you know, then New Japan, maybe. Uh, maybe AEW. I know AEW has the TV 14 rating. I think they do still for uh, TNT. Maybe AEW does something, um, you know, to make waves and to get more eyes on the product because the Sammy Cali. Damn, I can't say his name right. The Sammy Callahan and the uh, Tessa Blanchard definitely is one of the most talked about spots, uh, feuds, rivalries, whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, in the wrestling business today, not just, um, you know, in the in their promotion, but just, you know, as far as pro wrestling goes. So, And you also got to be careful because once now these guys did it, so now then if AEW does it, then if somebody else... You know, after you see it for like the third or fourth time, it gets old. I also think that it, because you haven't seen it in so long, and with the way the world is now, it's just like, it also adds to the volume of it. So I hope they don't water it down. I hope people don't start, you know, slamming friggin', uh, what's her name, uh, Brandy, uh, Brandy Rose through tables and, uh, you know, Britt Baker through tables every night on TNT, because then it's, you know, it's just going to get old. Um, do, 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 get Chew Wrestling Podcast, at Get Chew Podcast, get C-H-O Podcast. Uh, four Asians talking wrestling and sports. Yes, we are that Asian friend you had in high school. They are pretty cool. And they have a uh, Hulkster ice cream bar as their cover, or their header. That's pretty dope, too. Simple question here it says, do you call it a Hurricane or a Frankensteiner? Um, I've always called it a Hurricane Never really heard anybody call it Frankensteiner. I guess it depends on who you grew up listening to, but, um, you know, old school WWF 97 9 through 2000. I always called it and heard it called the Hurricane Get True Wrestling Podcast. Good guys over there, man. 
at at Get You Podcast. Boop boop doo. Where the hell is the other one? Oh yeah, see this is a good one. The Brocast Podcast at the Brocast with a K. Is this another Australian fucking thing? Yeah, I think these guys, they had the flag. Well, Brocast, if you're another Australian, I love these Australian guys, man. They're so cool. I just love Australian people. And I love Australian people who do wrestling podcasts. And I love this wrestling question from an Australian pe- person who does a wrestling podcast. And that would be the Brocast with a K. At the Bro, K-A-S-T. Go fucking follow him because he's Australian. Number one and number two, he does a wrestling podcast. If WWE and WCW faced off in the 90s in a five-on-five match, who would your team WWF and who would be your team WCW? This was a really good question. I think this is my favorite question of the week. Oh, man. It was really easy for me. Actually, it wasn't easy. I had trouble choosing one spot on WWF. Um, And I might be a little controversial 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 I think that's it um I didn't really watch WCW and guilty I myself I wasn't even born until 94 and then by the time I like woke up and like knew what was going on it was probably 97 98 ish you know you don't really know what's going on until you're like three or four years old um so to be honest uh, by the time I was growing up, I was already at the end of the 90s, you know. So, I'm just going off of what I've learned, what I've watched. Because, you know, I go back and I watch old wrestling stuff. And I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts and read a lot of stuff. Um, you know, because I was born in such, like, the middle of a hot... You know, I missed the 80s with Hogan and Randy Savage and Flair. You know, prime Ric Flair. And then I missed fucking the first seven years of the 90s with... Uh, you know, the Heart Foundation and um, a lot of Stone Cold's early stuff and The Rock's early stuff and Undertaker's early stuff. The Undertaker debuted in, like, 91 or something like that. And, I wa- you know, I was born three years later, so shit. Undertaker's been fucking wrestling longer than I've been alive, which is fucking crazy if you think about it. But, you know, so I, you know, I go back. Obviously, I didn't live all this stuff, so don't throw no flags. Don't get all fucking hot. And, you know, throw these technicalities at me. Um, But, 5 on 5, Team WCW, from what I learned, from what I've seen and read and heard and all this other shit, I gotta go. Now, this is the 90s now, so don't get fucking hot. But, (laughs) I'm going Hogan, Nash, Hall. You gotta go NWO. NWO has to be three of the members. They're the hottest fucking heels for years. Um, you know, in the in the 90s, let's be honest, these guys were WCW guys. Hogan wasn't... What did Hogan leave in, like... I don't know. I don't even know when Hogan left. Probably, like, early 90s to mid-90s. So, Nash Hall, NWO, you gotta have... If you're gonna have a team WCW, you gotta have NWO. At least two members. But I'm throwing all three in there, um, just for the heat, just for the um, you know, the the old WWE guys, quote unquote, going against the WWE, and they're the most over fucking team or faction, whatever you want to call them, arguably in history. You know, up there with DX or Evolution, or uh, you know, the Four Horsemen, you know, whatever the fuck you want to throw at me, NWO is up there, if not number one. So I'm going Hogan, Nash, Hall, Sting, Goldberg. I don't know if you could throw any flags on those two. You got to have Sting and Goldberg. Those are the original. When you say WCW, you're either thinking Sting, you're thinking Goldberg, or you're thinking NWO. In my opinion. Now, like I said, I didn't. I joined the party late. I joined the fucking party late, so don't get all hot and heavy and say, you know, oh, fucking Ric Flair was the champ in 88. Or, you know, this and that. This is a 90s team. I think if you think 90s WCW, you think NWO, you think Sting, you think Goldberg. 
And then maybe you think Eric Bischoff, but he's not a fucking wrestler. Maybe you think uh, Booker T, or if you want to throw, you know, Chris Jericho and Rey Mysterio at me, or, you know, something like that. Okay, cool. But if you're trying to sell a fucking pay-per-view, and you're talking about Team WCW, these are five guys that are going to represent WCW. It's got to be three members of NWO, Sting and Goldberg. It's got to be. You know, I know some people say Lex Luger or fucking uh, Savage, you know, which, okay, that's cool. That's your team. But your team sucks because it's not, it's not as good as mine when you're talking about 90s WCW. Now, so you got Hogan, Nash, Hall, Sting, Goldberg, WCW, WWF, because this is the 90s now. So Team WWF, of course, you have to go with the Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin as the fucking team captain, the head honcho. You got to go to Rock. You got to go to Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. You got to go Undertaker. Like I said, he debuted in like 91. So literally, he was fucking, you know, he was there. The You know, the 90s were the Undertaker's fucking years. Um, especially for WWF. And then the fifth and final one, which I was going to put Triple H here. But I'm just thinking and thinking. And I don't really think Triple H was Triple H until early 2000s really even in 2000 is when he started that stuff with um Kurt Angle and they were doing that you know storyline with Stephanie and then you know he gets the injury whatever blah blah and then he comes back you know 2002 then he involves he has a he does his stuff with Sean at SummerSlam then he goes into the evolution stuff and I think Triple H was more of an early 2000s guy now sure he was in DX and he was you know, big time, but if you're talking about a team of five who was like top fucking notch stars of the 90s, Triple H really didn't break on until like 98, maybe, 99, as a solo star, 98, maybe, 99, 2000, I think he didn't even start calling himself the game till like 2000, so, you know, you're talking 90s here now, so I'm going Austin, Rock, Michaels, Undertaker, and you got to go Bret Hart. Now, I know you guys are going to say Bret Hart's a WCW guy. Fucking he left in 90s yet, but he left in 97. He was with the company, you know, the first seven years of the 90s. WWE champion, you know, tag champ, Hart Foundation, you know, the whole fucking nine yards or nine miles. What is it? The whole, no, the whole nine yards. Yeah, I had that right. And... Let's be honest here, he's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And let's also be honest, his WCW run was kind of fucking shit. It wasn't, you know, it, was, it wasn't his WWE run. First of all, his WWE run was longer, because, you know, obviously he didn't leave till 97 after getting screwed um, at Survivor Series. And, you know, by the time he got to WCW, what was he in WCW, 98, 99? You can't give me two shit years in WCW over another seven and a half in WWE. He's on Team WWF, man. Now, if he left in 94 or 95 and then had, like, a great, this great WCW run where he was, you know, carrying a company. But when you say WCW, Bret Hart's, like, the maybe the 10th name that comes up. Maybe, like, the 15th. Like, nobody thinks of Bret Hart as, like, this big WCW superstar. We know he left and he went there, but it's not like he wasn't, you know, the same uh, stature as he was in WWF in the 90s. So, um, you know, so there it is. NWO, all three members, Hogan, Nash, Hall, Sting, and Goldberg versus Stone Cold, The Rock, HBK, Taker, and Bret, the Hitman Hart. Yes, now... I almost had Mankind in there. Like I said, I almost had Triple H in there. It was really tough. But, like, again, Mankind didn't even win his first title until, like, 99. Like, like he was another guy who came on. Yeah, he was in the company. He had good matches. Yeah, you know, I know. I get it. But he wasn't the stature that Bret Hart was. While the, um... While the, um, you know... While Bret was there, Mankind was still... 
you know, like a mid Carter. He, you know, he had good matches. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't. He wasn't Mankind. He wasn't, you know, Cactus Jack, Mick Foley, whatever you want to call him. He really wasn't that until like '99. I can't give you credit for six months of good work when Bret Hart had fucking seven years. You know, tag teaming, singles runs, heel runs, heel turns, babyface runs. You know. So there it is. That's my five on five. And just for the record, I have WWF winning uh, 5-0. Stone Cold stuns everybody. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think I got one more question here. If I find it. Thanks for the question. Brocast podcast at the Brocast with a K, motherfuckers. That was a good question, man. I like that question. Um, last one here, SCW Wrestling Channel, at SCW underscore Steve. Um, another guy who just talks all kinds of shit. Impact, NXT, AEW, Ring of Honor. Uh, fuck, I'm now forgetting one. Uh, New Japan. Talks everything wrestling. And uh, at SCW underscore Steve wants to know if you... We're head of WWE Creative. I wish, bro. What would be your SummerSlam match card for this year? And I kind of stopped because I think I've made too many matches. <laughs> I made 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Well, no, I made 11 matches. I think that's how they usually run them these days. SummerSlam might even have more just because it's SummerSlam. And they have like that extended pre-show. But I have no changes in the females. Uh, Becky Natalia, Trish Charlotte, Bailey Ember, run them all. I'm so you know I'm glad. I hope Ember fucking wins. I hope Natalia taps Becky out, and I think I mean Charlotte has to win. I don't think she could lose to Trish. Be kind of shitty if she did. Well, I mean it's Trish, but still. Um, then I go on to the SmackDown Live Tag Titles. I have Heavy Machinery, which I think. I don't know where they went, but they would be fighting the New Day. And this is all hypothetical. This is this isn't going off these rivalry. You know, it's the, I'm WWE creative and I'm creating the card. So let's say this is like three weeks ago after Extreme Rules or whatever. So now I'm creating the card off of what they did at Extreme Rules. And um, also name name. Um, what am I looking for? Market marketability markability. I'm a mark, but marketability. Um, so anyway, Heavy Machinery, New Day, SmackDown Live, Tag Titles. I got Heavy Machinery winning that one, so I just don't want to see the New Day with any more belts. And just turn Big E on Kofi already and get this shit over with. Because I'm tired of fucking seeing Randy Orton and, and Dolph get title shots. Just turn Big E. Just have them drop the belts and turn Big E. And have fucking Big E be a nasty big heel. On SmackDown. Because you don't have any. Because you turned Kevin Owens' face to fight fucking Shane McMahon. Which was dumb. Harry yeah, Revival. Fighting. The OC. Um, I have the OC winning. I think they should keep the belts for a little bit. I like the thing they're doing with AJ. Giving them, giving them a little push. Finally do something with those guys, man. About time. Um, I have Undertaker fighting Drew McIntyre, which I thought was going to happen and, like, never happened. I don't know what happened. <laughs> never happened. It was supposed to happen. I don't know what happened. Uh, so there you go. But I would have Drew win that match. No reason for him to lose to Undertaker. Like, what? You know, what's the point of Undertaker winning anymore? He's not going after a title. He's not trying to get over like he's the Undertaker. I have Roman and Daniel, which seems like that's where they're going with this, but um, you don't have Daniel Bryan on the card and have him sitting back, you know, so um, I don't know, I, I it's just, I would, it's hard for me to say, but I think I would have Roman win that, just because Daniel kind of just had the WWE belt, he had the tag belts, I think I would just have Roman win and um Keep it moving from there. I don't know. Um, I would actually have AJ Styles and Seth Rollins for the U.S. belt. Um, United States Championship. I would have AJ win that. 
Um, triple Threat, Finn, Nakamura, Mustafa Ali for the IC belt. Yeah, sounds good to me. Um, I was going to do a, um, what you call it, Fatal 4-Way. Some kind of stipulation, too. I want Kofi. I want Bray. I want KO. And I want Aleister Black. Um, Fatal 4-Way Jones. Steel Cage. Maybe a ladder. Yeah, let's do a ladder because Kofi was just in a steel cage. Or we could do a... Um, no, let's do a ladder. It's easy. Um, Kofi Bray, KO, Alistair Black. Ladder match. Bray Wyatt wins. Nobody has to take the pin. KO stays hot. Alistair stays hot. Kofi stays hot. Bray's your fucking champ. That's how you do it, boys and girls. And the universal title, Brock versus Bobby Lashley. I want to have Bobby Lashley win, but I just don't know. It's hard for me. Bobby La Brock has the best mouthpiece arguably ever in Paul Heyman, and Bobby Lashley has no mouthpiece. So it's I just picturing Bobby Lashley just doing promo fights against Paul Heyman. It just looks ugly. Like it looks like a slaughtering. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Maybe if Bobby Lashley had a mouthpiece, it would be better. I would let him win. But if Bobby Lashley has no mouthpiece, I would just say let Brock keep the belt. Because as much as I like Bobby Lashley, his athleticism, his um, skill, I guess you would say, his dedication for him to look, you know, the same if not better than he did when he first started, like, you know, 12, 15 years ago, whatever it was. Um, I really like Bobby Lashley. I just... If he had a mouthpiece, if he still had Leo Rush and Leo Rush and Paul Heyman were like going at it with the promos, and then the promos led to a fight between Brock and Bobby Lashley, that would be some hot shit. But Leo Rush has moved on. So there you go Brock and Lashley, Universal Title, Kofi, Bray, KO, Aleister Black, Fatal Four Way Ladder Match, uh, Finn, Nakamura, Ali, Triple Threat for the IC belt. AJ vs. Seth for the U.S. belt. Roman vs. Daniel. Taker vs. Drew McIntyre. Revival vs. OC for the Raw tag belts. Heavy Machinery vs. New Day for the SmackDown Live tag belts. And all the same female matches. Becky, Natalia, Bailey vs. Ember Moon. And Trish Stratus vs. The Queen, Charlotte Flair. And that's it, man. Good little Wyman wheelhouse there. I liked it. Actually, I loved it. I loved a lot of those questions. Um, really got me thinking. Really got me um, involved. But um, coming up, fantasy booking time. Me and the man of the hour, Tom Scully, are going to re fucking review. No, we're going to book. We're going to fucking fantasy book. The go-home shows of Raw and SmackDown coming up on Monday and Tuesday. Headed into SummerSlam. What are we going to do? Are we going to just have some boring-ass shows? Are we going to have some surprises? Are we going to have somebody cut a fucking promo on you in the back? Or is somebody going to come out and fucking punch you in the jaw, son? It's SummerSlam week. We'll see. Catch us on the other side of the break. Hey, what's up, Tom? How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. All right, so we're going to get into a little um, little fantasy booking here. Not going to do the whole show, obviously. We're not going to sit here and book Raw and SmackDown, but I think it would be cool to do the top um, storylines. Uh, not all the title matches, obviously. There are some storylines with no titles involved. Um, where do you really want to start, Tommy? Is there, like, one match you really want to – like, is there something you really want to see happen this week on Raw or SmackDown or um, with any particular superstar? You know, I think I want to see something new, a change. You know, I want to see the McMahons get out of the way and see some new stars develop and something new. I heard they got some some uh, new ideas in store for when the SmackDown debuts on Fox, some new camera angles, some new 
how they're going to show the the definition of the, the the taping of it and such. I'm 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 just anxious to see something new. I'm tired of the same old. Okay, well, I mean, I think we saw that a little bit last week. I mean, you still got the, you know, Shane hops on the screen saying he's not going to take up screen time, and then he turns it into like a six-minute promo, which I think was kind of ironic. But, you know, you didn't see Shane exactly in the ring, um, in the arena, so I think that's good. It's a little step forward, even though, I mean, he has a match with KO coming up. Um, so how, you know, we can start there if you want. Um, how would you have that would you have Shane come out and like do another video promo or would he actually be in the ring because I think he he almost has to be in the arena this week right I mean yeah I would think the go home show he gets some kind of revenge I think and he's been pretty much on the receiving end from some beatdowns and he took the stunner and the spear there a week ago uh Tuesday on Smackdown and I would think at some point he gets some retribution to make the fans believe that maybe he's gonna win you know which I don't think he will but uh, I think he's, you know, usually the old saying is, you know, lose on TV, win on pay-per-view. So yeah. I think he's going to get some kind of re- revenge this week or something there. Yeah, of course, he, he has to be there. Yeah, I agree with you. The way I would go with it is um, I would have KO maybe like in a match or cut the promo and then have Shane run out real quick, do something, you know, I don't know, hit him with a low blow or a steel chair and just get the hell out of it. You know, you don't need, like you were saying, you don't need a whole 10 – 15 minute segment especially when they do it on smackdown with the two-hour show it like cuts into so much time it seems like yeah i think they'll have all three of them out there actually him mcintyre and elias out there uh beating down kevin that, that, that's yeah i can I see that i agree with so, you on that one that's what he heels do right yeah <laughs> um what else we're gonna get into it's it's crazy because this uh two years ago when they did this feud they had the big blow-off, the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view with uh, Owens and Shane as the main event. And I was at that show. It was a, a great match. And I thought that was the end of it. But, you know, I guess not. What kind of pissed me off is they don't do – I think I talked about this on one of my pods earlier. Is they don't – when Kevin Owens really isn't doing nothing, he's not in the spotlight or whatever, they always throw him back with Sami Zayn. But now that he's in the spotlight um, – you know, I just big face push, and they're still not doing that with Sami Zayn. Why wouldn't you have Sami come out? I mean, maybe they'll do it at SummerSlam. I don't know. But um, now they have Sami Zayn talking with Aleister Black. But, you know, why wouldn't you have Sami Zayn come out and, like, defend Kevin Owens? But instead they had, like, Roman do it the other week. And, like, Roman and Kevin Owens never got along. They never friggin' like – you know, they never liked each other. So it doesn't – it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think they're going to have Sammy run heel for a while. And if you've noticed, since he made that AEW comment on Raw there, what, three, four weeks ago, he's been buried pretty good. In fact, I think uh, Alistair is going to squash him at the pay-per-view. I think it's going to be a 30 seconds or less match. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, especially the way they had, like, Sami Zayn basically call him out. Um, I don't know. That, that's just, that just doesn't look good for Sammy at all. I don't see that match going past five minutes if, i mean if that but um yeah i mean they've got 14 matches booked already and you would think there's going to be one or two that are going to be squashes are real short and that on my list that's going to be right at the top of a, of a short match yeah 14 matches and we're not you know like i said we're not going to go through all of them here um we got the ko one out of the way um the next one i would see where they really want to go is with the uh, Brock and Seth feud because I don't know if I mean I mean if I don't know if um, well, I'm sure you watch Raw or you saw what happened on Raw but yeah. I mean Brock beat the holy hell out of Seth on Monday that was yeah that was quite a beat down I mean you know you say well he kind of landed this way and that protected him but man on that stretcher shot I didn't see a lot of ways to protect yourself on that one so you hit this hit the side of the stretcher like that the uh F5 there, it's like, ah, uh, yikes. That was already after he'd been beat down several times before that. Yeah, and he sold it so well, and they're not even, apparently, you know, they're not releasing what the injuries are. So I don't know if Seth's even going to be on Raw. I think, you know, do you think they had him show up on Raw to be like that, you know, he um, baby face, you know, never say die, never quit. And does Brock come out and just, like, beat the shit out of him again? And if they do that, then, like you said, with that reverse booking, if Brock comes out and beats him, two weeks in a row now is that almost a guarantee Seth wins or is Brock just going to run through Seth on Raw and then run through him at SummerSlam I mean what do you think they're going with that 
Boy, I don't know. I could see him going either way. I mean, if you remember about four or five years ago, they had Brock pretty much squashed Cena there. We took He took, what, 15 or 16 uh, German suplexes. I could see something like that. I guess it depends what their long-term booking is for the Universal title. You know, I thought maybe they might have Brock move over to SmackDown when they debut on Fox to kind of give him a big name to get started right out of the gate, get some more eyeballs on the product, and, you know, help ratings a little bit. But I don't know. Boy, I'm not sure. I could see him going either way. Um, I would think Bray gets in the title picture, but more uh, WWE title instead of the Universal title. And I think Reigns is probably going to get back in there, too, at some point. So I don't know. I guess it determines their uh, long-term booking ideas are. Yeah, it seems a little premature. I, I would think if they were doing a big a big beatdown angle like that, they would have did that. Um, you know, this Monday, you know, going into SummerSlam, you know, questioning Seth's um, injuries and his health, but now they have another week to kill. So now it's like, does Seth even show up? Does Brock even show up? Is it just going to be Heyman coming out? I mean, you think yeah, they could Brock have, there? They could have Seth come on like via satellite or something from his home in Davenport, Iowa, you know, and say, hey, you know, maybe selling some injury, maybe a bandage on or something or you know, some bruises or something to just kind of show, sell the beating and then kind of run in that direction. But like I said, it just depends what their, their long-term booking is. But I don't, they might not even know what their long-term booking is, as we've seen, you know, over the last several months. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about is how many times have you seen Brock show up on consecutive Raws? And then, you know, obviously he's going to be working SummerSlam too. So now it'd be three weeks in a row we actually see Brock Lesnar, which doesn't happen a lot. So I don't, I'm really questioning if Brock's even going to be there. Um, you know, maybe Seth comes out, you know, friggin' balls to the wall, screaming and yelling and doing his thing, and then maybe they just have Heyman come out and, you know, cut a promo on him and get more heat on Brock for not even showing up before SummerSlam. Yeah. I would say if Brock wins at SummerSlam, then I would think that feud with Rollins would be over with, and I don't know who they would move on to after that. Um, If Reigns gets back in the picture or they bring Strowman in again for another program, I'm not really sure. Braun hasn't really been doing anything, so yeah, he won the uh, he won the last man standing match, and then he's just been like in squat. Him and Bobby Lashley just like disappeared. Right. Yeah, so I don't point. know if they're saving him for something. Maybe they are saving him for Brock. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a short list we could have a feud with, unless they eventually turn McIntyre face, which I thought they would have done by now, and maybe have have that have him go up against Brock. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know where they're going with that. Um, one thing I do know, though, is that this Bray Wyatt-Finn Balor feud um, is really friggin' good, even though Finn Balor really hasn't been um, utilized on TV that much other than to get Bray stuff over, which is fine. Yeah, it's been very well done so far. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, the I wasn't sure how the uh, character was going to transition from those uh, from the Firefly Funhouse to the ring, but it's been very well done, and uh, I def- definitely think Bray's going over. I believe Balor's getting married, and he's going to take some time off after SummerSlam, so that yeah. would make sense for uh, for Bray to win. And, and like I said before, I, I think Bray's eventually going to get in the WWE title picture as well, probably at the next pay-per-view or sometime by Survivor Series. So... Going into this Raw, and they might even do it on SmackDown because you've seen it last week where they had the Funhouse um, on SmackDown. So I don't know if Bray's going to be like turned into a SmackDown star because Finn is also on SmackDown. But um, would you, booking wise, would you turn, would you advertise the Demon Finn or would you kind of stay away from? Because like you said, everybody pretty, I mean, it's Bray's first match back. Bray's going to win. Um, so would you even have the Demon come out or. Would you kind of save the demon for maybe when Finn comes back, they reignite the feud and have a Fiend versus Demon down the line at like a WrestleMania or something? No, you know what I think is going to happen? I think, I don't think we're going to see the demon. Cause I don't know if they, if I remember right, didn't they allude to the fact that the demon's been undefeated or had a real strong right, that's win loss yeah. record? So I don't think they're going to turn, want to tarnish that. What I think was gonna, is going to happen, and what I'd like to see happen, maybe more so, is that I would like to see maybe after Finn comes back, have him uh, turn heel and work with uh, AJ Gallows and Anderson to reunite that club, and then have a feud with Undisputed Era on the main roster. 
Now, eh, it's kind of wishful thinking, I guess, but I could see that happening. It looks like they've built uh, A.J. Galazanus, and all three of them got belts now. Yeah, I think that's better because now you have um, these alter egos per se. So, like you said, with the Demas, um, undefeated or um, if not undefeated, he's pretty close to it. And then now you're trying to build this Fiend character. So you gotta, you don't want to book yourself into a corner doing the Fiend versus the Demon. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think they should just roll Finn out there. And I'm not saying he should get squashed, but I think it'll be under like eight minutes, ten minutes. Finn might get a few moves off, but... I don't see um I don't see it being a very long match at all, which sucks because I like both of them, but just the situations of Finn kind of going into a break, and then Bray obviously being his first match back, um, getting this big push, I think it'll be a fairly quick match. Yeah, I don't see that one going more than ten minutes either. Like especially with all the number of matches they have, and it doesn't really need to be to be honest with you. Um, sticking with SmackDown here, so Roman Reigns. Going into an interview, walking to a uh, backstage interview, had a bunch of shit fall up on him, crates and stages, and there was all kinds of stuff. It was shot pretty bad. Um, there was, like, several different camera angles. There was, for, like, 30 seconds, there was a camera on the floor, and you just saw, like, footsteps running by, so nobody really knew what was going on. Um, a lot of criticism for this um, segment online and on Twitter and all that stuff. And now WWE tweeted out, I believe it was yesterday, that it was a forklift driver error. Right. Yep, causing I saw stuff that. to fall on Roman. So headed into SmackDown here. Still no opponent for Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. And we're Saturday, eight days away. So, you know, going into, into SmackDown, what would you do to kind of help the storyline out a little bit and make some sense of it? Well, the thing is, is it doesn't make sense. Let me tell you why. Because they've had him and Joe feuding for, you know, a few weeks now and kind of slowly building up their match, which we thought was going to be SummerSlam, but evidently not. You know, evidently the uh, rumor mill has the uh, uh, driver of the forklift was a bearded guy that is a big fan of recycling. <laughs> and, you know, I also heard Buddy Murphy's name mentioned, too, because I guess... Uh, yeah, I heard that, well, too. I don't know where the hell that came from. Yeah, so, um, yeah, but it looks like uh, Brian, Mr. Danielson there, and uh, Roman are headed to a match. Boy, I, I, I don't know. I, when he came out there the last, what, three weeks now, and he said he's got a big announcement, and we're thinking, well, you know, maybe he's... He's going to, you know, say something monumental, and then maybe that was what he was going to say. That was he wanted to wrestle Roman Reigns at, at SummerSlam. And maybe he, maybe they start off the show on SmackDown Tuesday night, which is right down the road here. And they, he says, yeah, my Roman Reigns, is, I was a driver, and I want Roman at, at SummerSlam. Yeah, I think uh, when you're a guy like, not only Roman Reigns, when you're a guy like Daniel Bryant, I mean, he dropped the belt, WrestleMania, he's SmackDown tag champs, he drops those belts. And, you know, if you want a spot at SummerSlam and you're Daniel Bryant, you know, you could get, not saying that this is what he's doing backstage, but like you said, it's also a um, really quick turnaround, like a weird turnaround to all of a sudden have Daniel and Roman. Not saying that backstage politics were a part of it, but when you're Daniel Bryant and you're sitting there and you're still one of the better baby faces, the better heels, you know, whatever you want to be, still obviously one of the better wrestlers in the company, you know, I think when it comes down to uh, Daniel or Samoa Joe, I think they're just going to pick Daniel. You know, they don't see Samoa Joe as one of their own. He spent so many years in TNA and uh, all the other promotions and it sucks, but yeah, I get, I get asked that a lot. You know, I have some buddies at work that follow wrestling pretty closely and they're like, when's Joe going to get the belt? When's he going to get his big moment? And this hasn't happened yet. And how many big wins has he had since he joined the main roster? Yeah, and it think, sucks because they, they they build them up. It's kind of like what they were doing with Braun for a little bit. They build them up so much, you know, just enough to get a title match, and then they lose the title match. It, and then they just restart it and redo it over and over again. And after a while, it's like it's what they did with Bray when he first came in. You know, he would cut these promos, of, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then he would lose. Right. And it's like, you know, after hearing it for the sixth or seventh time, it's like, you know, it's just not believable anymore. Right. But, right. um. Yeah, at not least Bray... flag on the Daniel Roman match. I just think it yeah. sucks to 
pull Samoa Joe out, you know, pull the rug out from under him like that. Right, right. I agree. Yeah, at least Bray got his big win at some point. I'm just not sure that's going to happen for Joe, unfortunately. Okay, moving right along here. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, Becky and Natalia, the um, Raw women's title up there in Toronto, Natalia's home country. Right. Um, huge home crowd advantage for Natalia. Yeah, that was smart, expected. putting a Canadian in the title match. That was a smart move, I think. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, she just needs someone new. You know, she, they dragged that Lacey Evans thing out, I think, an extra month. They were probably trying to delay this for, you know, Natalia going into Toronto. Um, yeah, I was not a fan of how that Lacey Evans feud went. I, I like Le- Lacey Evans a lot, but now what do you do with her? You know, you had her lose big in main events. Now what do you do? Well, it's it's the same for Baron Corbin. You know, Baron Corbin was a hot heel doing this and doing that, you know, but after you lose three or four title matches in a row, it's like, you know, where do you go from here? But um, I do like Natalia in this match, and I want to see – I know she challenged Becky to a submission match, but then she kind of said she's not going to challenge her because she knows Becky doesn't have the guts to accept. So I want to see here if they do it on Monday. Um, I hope they do it on Monday. I think the submission match would be cool as hell. Right. And I think it would have Natalia winning. I don't see, um, you know, I like Becky. I really do. But this, the title reign is kind of run its course. I think she needs something else to do. And I think they need a new uh, Raw Women's Champion. And then they could feud for the next few months back and forth. Um, where would yeah. you go with this feud on Monday? I, I agree. I think Becky comes out and, and makes some kind of – cuts a promo and then – says that or you could have Natty come out and cut the promo and then Becky will interrupt her and say yeah you know I will take that stipulation on and I can see that because if you look at the matches there really hasn't been really any stipulations except for uh, Shane and um, Kevin there really has been a lot of uh, stips in those matches so I could see that boy I don't know at some I don't know when exactly it happened but man Becky was so hot and then just kind of cooled off I don't know if it was after mania or what but she just really that character just i don't like the 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 rollins thing the pairing them up and turn the real life storyline with did did either one of many favors well i think that was a part of it i think if you combine that with the i talked about this a while ago too is i'm hearing um especially when she had both belts when she was on both shows her promos are so friggin' scripted. Like she was saying the same stuff on Raw and SmackDown, Raw and Smack, you know, week after week after week. And then you combine that with the set thing, like you talked about. And then, you know, her biggest feud was Lacey Evans. She's fighting the same girl for three, four months. You know, it just gets um, boring. You know, it just gets tiresome when you know Becky's gonna win. She's not gonna lose the belt to uh, Lacey. So. Maybe this Natalia feud will actually make her more interesting if they could really go at it. Because Natalia hasn't backed down. She's really held her own on the mic. Right. Um, and you know she could hold her own in the ring. So I think they need to pull the trigger. If, if you can't let Natalia win a submission match in Toronto, then Natalia's just never going to win the belt. I mean, because yeah. I know they, they do the whole home, the home crowd, you know, that they always lose in their hometowns, whatever, in WWE. But. I don't know. I think that's a big mistake if they let Becky win. Um, yeah. At SummerSlam. Yeah, they let Natty run with the belt a couple of years ago when she had that big win at SummerSlam. Um, was it? They let her hold it for maybe three or four months before uh, Charlotte beat her. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I could see Becky or uh, Becky losing. Um, I'm not 100% convinced, but like you said, it would be the right move, though, to have her win the submission match in Toronto and maybe have Brett come out or something and celebrate with her or something like that. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I just feel like once you get to a certain point, like I think Becky is now, you just even like I think Charlotte Flair is on SmackDown. You just don't need a belt right now for Becky. So I think if you have Becky, uh, you know, whoever Becky's fighting is going to be a big fight plus a title match which is what they're doing on smackdown they have you know charlotte and trish and they still have their smackdown live title match which um also has huge implications obviously so i think if you use becky in that role as just like a big uh draw you could still have that title on somebody else and get you know two or three other ladies over at at the same time absolutely okay so we ran through pretty much everything i still want to go over the 
uh, WWE title match, Randy Orton and uh, Kofi Kingston. Um, little throwback feud here. These guys have been around uh, around the block a few times, yeah. needless to say. But um, how do you think this rolls out? How do you think um, they put this on SmackDown? Does New Day get involved at all? It seems like they've been kind of staying out of it for some parts, um, for the most part of it. Kofi and Randy have kind of been just going at each other one-on-one. Um, you think we see like a Randy Orton old school punt or something on SmackDown or maybe like an RKO? Because Randy Orton's obviously the heel here. So, right. Um, do you see him getting the upper hand on Kofi this week? Or I do. Or does Kofi keep rolling into SummerSlam? No, I think Randy gets the, uh, gets the upper hand this week. We haven't seen the punt in a long time, so it might be a refreshing change to see that. What's interesting is uh, if you look at the card, New Day's not on there. So I don't know if they're getting a match or not. I guess we'll find out um, you know, Monday or Tuesday. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can see them interfere. I think Kofi's definitely winning. Orton's definitely going to put him over. Like you said, he's another guy that doesn't need the belt. But uh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I see New Day interfering in that match or not. Um yeah, I don't. I don't really think need, they need to be out there. Um, you, you very seldom you see the baby face of a you know three on one advantage. So I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens on Monday, Monday or Tuesday, and that you know how it plays out at SummerSlam. Yeah, I think they might. Um, talking about SmackDown here, I think they might just do like a another promo, and then maybe somehow Randy Orton sneaks in an RKO, and then you know does his little slide out of the ring and hauls ass. Have like New Day almost get their hands on him, but Randy's, you know, just escapes Big E and uh, Xavier Woods. That'd be a cool little spot, I think, they do into going to SummerSlam. And yeah. um, I do agree with you. I think Kofi needs to win. If he just goes off and loses to Randy, it would, it would really put a, a bad ending to what I think is a bad title reign so far. It just hasn't really done it for me. I love Kofi. I love the New Day. Just the title reign itself hasn't um, really done it for me with the doll feuds and the the one-off with, um, you know, KO and Samoa Joe. It's just been a weird weird title reign for Kofi, in, in my opinion. Yeah, he hasn't had that big uh, landmark win yet in this title reign. I think Orton putting him over would more or less validate that. And, and, and I don't think it needs to go any more than this pay-per-view. I think he the next pay-per-view, he goes with either Bray or somebody else. Yeah, and um, on to the next match, which I think ends at this pay-per-view as well. AJ Styles, United States champion, defending against Ricochet. Um, I think, I don't know how they'll do it, but I think Ricochet gets the upper hand here on Raw to get some momentum. And um, I think AJ will retain and just end the feud, but at SummerSlam. But I think Ricochet will somehow, some way, either whether he takes out the club and AJ escapes or he takes out AJ, along with the club. Um, I think either way you do it, you have Ricochet looking good and looking strong on um, on this Monday going into SummerSlam. Yes, I agree. I think that's going to be the match of the night, uh, that match there. Two great workers, two guys that are excellent in the ring. Um, yeah, I don't know. Once again, as far as the booking goes, I definitely need to make Ricochet look strong. But if they're going to build uh, Gales, Anderson, and, and AJ stable – I would think, you know, AJ has to keep the title. Yeah, well, I'm definitely looking forward to the um, Raw and SmackDown this week. They've been doing some good stuff. I'm invested in the SummerSlam card. Not, you know, you hate to see Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar in title matches. But, you know, you also get some good ones. Like you said, the Styles and Ricochet should be a great match. Bray and Finn should be. Um, if anything else, a spectacle just to see how Bray works in the ring. Is he going to come out in the mask and squash fan? Is he going to come out in his fucking sweater vest and, like, act all nice and cheerful? You know, so we'll see how they do that at SummerSlam. But I think all in all, I think this week's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, Tom, anything you want to plug? What have you been up to, man? You writing? You podcasting? What have you been doing lately? Yeah, I'm not really – I have my own podcast yet or anything like that. I just like to – make spot appearances from time to time on, on other people's. This is actually the second one I've done, but hopefully more to come. Uh, Tom Scully on Twitter, T-O-M-S-K-U-L-L-E-Y, uh, overtimeheroics.com, a wrestling section, 
I've got three or four articles up there so far. Looking forward to doing some more. I'm going to talk about the uh, transition they're slowly making and WWE's making kind of more of an edgy PG era we're headed towards. And as Vinnie Max said, he's getting some potential competition. So that might force his hand to change his product a little bit, which I think is nothing but good. Oh, yeah, I could agree with you on that wholeheartedly. Speaking of the... um... Just to throw it in there, AEW sold out their first show in like three hours the other day. I don't know yeah, if you saw that. That was yes, I did, and I'm happy for them. And I was surprised that they uh, they, they started a big arena right out of the gate. I thought they might kind of run some smaller venues to start and slowly build their way up. But uh, yeah, that was uh, you know Capital One Arena or some Washington D.C. So I guess the uh, strategic move on that was they kind of wanted to. Figure that being centrally located on the East Coast, have a lot of opportunities for a lot of different uh, markets to show up there, you know, New York, Philly, and so forth. So, yeah, that, that's terrific. All right, Tom, at Tom Scully on Twitter, OT Heroics, uh, wrestling writer, wrestling section writer for them. Great um, forum, great website, all kinds of sports. I've promoted them a billion times on here and on Twitter and all that stuff. Great guys over there. Um, all right, Tom, thanks for joining me. You're always welcome on the show, man. Talk some wrestling whenever you want. Great. Thanks for having me on. Have a yep. great day. You too. Thanks, Tom.